0: This program is paid for by Jacob Media Partners. All opinions or statements expressed on this program are solely those of Jacob Media or its guests and do not reflect the views of WPHT or Odyssey.
1: Tom Lee Hackey has become part of my morning prayers. I was a full time nurse just lifting up a
2: patient.
0: I tracked the trailer, came up behind this, pushed this right through. Right off the bat, you just felt comfortable. I felt somebody had my back.
2: And he says, I'm going to do everything that I can do for you. You guys are amazing.
3: I love you. <laughs> Call Pond Lohaki Giordano, highly rated Philadelphia workers' compensation attorneys.
1: Now on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, WPHTHD,
4: WOGL, HD3 Philadelphia, The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause, presented by the Law Offices of Pond, Lohaki Giordano. Talk, listen and speak to the region's most influential leaders. This is The Labor Show with jdoc doc and Krause.
3: And a good Saturday night, everyone, and welcome in to... Another live edition of The Labor Show, special live broadcast coming right at you tonight from beautiful Cape May on this Saturday Incredible. weekend. And it is absolutely gorgeous uh, in Cape May. Jay Doc, and always good until you showed up. Right? <laughs> uh, 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 but, but welcome in. Excited to be here. And as I said, we're always live on Saturday night.
2: Yeah, I'll tell you, Joe, I don't know wh- how we're going to do this show again after we've done these two beautiful weeks here in Cape May. Weather's cooperated, it is unbelievable. And, uh, you know, we, we, we have a great show. Okay, we've got uh, 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 the hour one and hour two, fantastic. But I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what we do have in hour one. Uh, I think this is actually historic because I think this is the first time we've ever had a guest um, do two feature segments two weeks in a row. Um, I think we should rename the show to Nick the Jesse Show, okay? Because we're featuring Nick. We featured him last week and this week. But one of the things that... <laughs> And there it goes right there. Hey, Nick, how are you, buddy? Good evening, Joseph. How you doing, crafty?
3: I'm good, Nick. Thanks for coming back, man. I'm uh, all kidding aside, it's great to get you uh, back in to kick us off. We um, were able, as J-Doc said, to have you join us last week on the show, but we just didn't get into or we didn't cover enough ground uh in terms of our conversation so i know it's a saturday night um you know and i appreciate you taking time out of your schedule to jump back on
1: anytime actually and i it's a pleasure first and foremost and uh, it's an honor obviously
2: to talk chat with you guys and also with your listening audience and and nick let me just say this um we talk a lot about safety and, and health here on the program one of the things that um a lot of our uh, labor leaders and, and our apprentice coordinators who come on the show talk about, including Joe Williams from last week, is um, the, the, you know the safety, the priority of safety. What Joe Krauss asked uh, Joe Williams, what was what's the first thing that you teach the uh, the apprentices and what? You, and, and the first thing he said was safety. Okay and. Uh, so we're committed, obviously, and our labor unions uh, are, are committed across the board uh, to the topic, and uh, that's why we're incredibly uh, happy to not only dedicate, uh, you know, a couple segments last week, but also to lead off the show. We want to put our money where our mouth is, and last week, like Joe Krause said, we didn't have a lot of time. We couldn't finish up last week, and there was just no way we were going to just, uh, you know, rush it and take 30 seconds to, you know, to talk about what we're going to talk about now. Um if you will, Nick, we're, you know, we're going to talk about the focus on the sure. four hazards, and uh, but we're going to put an emphasis on trenching and evacuation uh, and uh, uh, evacu- uh, what's it called? Uh, excavations, Excavation. Excavation. Yes, we got and, it. And, and, and so my point is, um, talk about that because there's a lot going on there. It's a very serious um, area where you guys are focusing on.
1: Yeah, so uh, from statistically, let's, let's try statistically first and foremost to understand where we're coming from and why where we're coming from. So the focus for fatal four hazards are the four leading killers in construction and have been the four leading killers in construction for many years. Um, you know, between falls being the first category, electrical, and then what we term struck by. So that can be struck by equipment, um, you know, struck by any type of moving piece of uh, material, things of that nature. And then we also have what we call caught in slash between. And caught in between as well can be, you know, depending on circumstances, being uh, trapped in something. But usually it refers back to excavation type hazards and people getting killed in trenches. So the last set of statistics we have, at least from 2020 on the Focus 4, Joe, is that they account for approximately 70% of all fatalities in construction. Wow, 70%. It's a huge number. And considering we lose about... And I hate to say, you know, use the, lose just numbers because, again, we're talking about people. But in the context of numbers for statistical purposes, we lose about 1,000 construction workers a year in this country. That is actually approximately 20 percent of the workforce that is lost across the entire country as well. Um, you know, and construction does not make up all of the industry throughout the United States. There's eight to 10 million employers in this in this country. And they're making up a far too heavy, if, I, if you will, percentage of the total fatalities that are out there. Now, take that 1,000, the 70% or so to come from the Focus 4. Um, you know, the rest of them are usually transportation playbacks and over-the-road type things that we don't necessarily investigate. Um, but those are the four things we tend to uh, hone in on and focus in on. With Falls, actually, uh, being the leading killer in construction. And actually, it's the leading killer in all industries, as a matter of fact. Even if, if you go into a... Um, general industry-type facility or a maritime down the waterfront, your shipyards, your shipbuilding, building, ship breaking, so on and so forth, falls have been the leading killer uh, for a number of years. Um, but what we wanted to emphasize, at least tonight, and why we want to emphasize tonight, is the fact that we are seeing an alarming rate right now of people getting killed in excavations and doing excavation work. Um, in the first six months of this year, we've actually lost 22 people across the country. And that may not seem a lot, but again, I'm going to try to put it in context for you. We usually average about 17 for an entire calendar year across the country. That is, and right now we've always we've already surpassed the average, and it looks like we actually might beat one of the all-time the all-time number, which was back in 2016, which was 37. And that's what we don't want to do, Joseph. We don't want to get to that point. You know, we have people uh, in in the realm of compliance assistance, and also our compliance staff who are going out. And if there's a hole in the ground, we're stopping. It doesn't matter who it is within the agency. We're stopping. We're giving it a look. We're talking to the people who are doing the work as well. If it amounts to an inspection, amounts to an inspection. But if it doesn't, it just, if it's just, you know, more or less technical assistance in the sense of saying, hey, you know, what are you folks uh, going to do? What kind of operation is this? What is the depth of the excavation that you're, that you're actually creating? How far down are you going to, um, to dig into the ground? And, again, there's certain triggers that we look at in the sense of, you know, when do you actually have to protect the trench? Well, you know, everyone says when you get to five foot in depth, right? That's usually what you'll hear from folks that says, hey, it's mandated at five foot. That is correct, but it's also not totally correct. And what I mean by that is you can be in an excavation that's less than five foot in depth, but if there's water or other types of hazards that are presented in there, Joseph, we're going to actually tell you to do something about it, which is protect the walls. Now, before you go fashion. on, Nick,
2: real quick. Yeah, go ahead, Joe. <clears> Those <throat> numbers, okay? What is leading? What is leading to the uptick here uh, in, in in this serious situation? I get as as you're speaking, and I know we're going to go over, mm-hmm. you know, the, the precautions and and all that. But um, you know, when when you think about. Uh, these types of situations, you can you can think of, of obviously worker error. You could you could think of you know employers, you know pushing you know too hard, and 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 in some situations where they're not um, focusing on safety, um, you know, all kinds of things. What's different about this year in particular um, that you know is? Do you think that's leading to um, the advanced numbers?
1: Sure. So, you know, there's there's a variety of issues that that we're seeing. So first and foremost, there's been a lot more digging into the ground based upon some infrastructure work that is needed to get done. Uh, we're trying to replace, obviously, some old infrastructure that is in there, whether that is water or any other type of utility that is, that is down below. Uh, we're seeing, obviously, more individuals being utilized across the country that may not necessarily be trained or educated in the hazards associated with excavation work. And the leading reason why people are getting killed right now is the fact that they're Not protecting the excavation, meaning that they're not putting a protective system in. So they're not putting either some type of trench shield, trench shoring. They're not sloping it properly or even benching it properly to ensure that the walls don't collapse in on the workers that are down there doing the work. Wow,
3: Nick DeJesse joining us here uh, on the Labor Show as we broadcast to you live on a Saturday night here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT Part 2, J-Doc, of our conversation um, with Nick DeJesse. Sometimes not so easy um, to have a conversation um, when you hear Nick have to emphasize um, that the uh, death uh, numbers... um, have increased. Incredible, um, but it makes sense.
2: You talk about the infrastructure bill. You talk about all the added construction, and you know, and, and you know, you have more people doing that type of work right now. And as you can see. Um, you know, the learning curve can be pretty cruel if, if you're not doing things the right way. Just no way to avoid it.
3: All right. Stay right here. Nick, hang on. We're going to uh, uh, take care of some business. We'll take a short commercial break uh, on the other side. We'll continue our conversation with Nick DeJesse. Back in a moment.
0: Tonight's edition of The Labor Show is sponsored in part by IBEW Local 98 North, UFCW Local 1776, Sheet Metal Workers Local 19, and the International Union of Painters and Allied Trades, DC 21. This whole nonsense about not giving workers the right to organize with so-called right to work, that's bad. Something like that comes to my desk. I'll be to it, not just because I'm a Democrat, not just because I'm pro-labor, but because I know for a fact that's not very smart.
3: And back here live on a Saturday night on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. We thank everybody for tuning in and being a part uh, of the Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause. Nick DeJesse is our special guest.
2: Nick DeJesse, Assistant Regional Administrator Cooperative and State Programs for the, for OSHA. Nick, um, this this conversation is a, uh, a serious one. We're talking about trenches and the, and the, and the uptick in fatalities. Um and you're, you're giving tips and all that and, and, the, and the importance. But can you tell us, before we move on, what trades in particular do this type of stuff? And and, and um, is, is training ever a, 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 an issue? Because, uh, you know, this is prior. I know one thing in our apprentice programs, safety is number one. Talk, talk about who's digging these trenches.
1: Sure. So a variety of, of specialty trades, actually, Joe. And, you know, Part of it starts with your site contractors, right? Or are going to do foundational work. Uh, they're going to have to dig in a hole. They're going to have to put footers and things of that nature. That's where it usually begins. But where we're seeing this uptick in fatalities right now are utility companies. So anyone that's doing water, electrical, gas, anything of that nature that is underground. And keeping in mind, the way that we term an excavation is any hole that we make in the earth. That's the way that we term an excavation. The difference is with a trench is that its width is less than its depth. So, for example, three foot wide but ten foot deep—that's when we call it a trench. Um, so, the trenching aspects has been all uh, the majority actually have been plumbing actually. So, it's uh, plumbers and anyone that's doing any type of water kind of lines, um, whether residential or even on commercial sites at this point.
2: And, and, and you know, you, we talk about you know we have we have uh, situations with with um, you know fire systems and we so that we have sprink, mm-hmm. the sprinkler fitters union on and. Um, you know, we talk about, you know, how there's never been a fire in the city of Philadelphia since we've had uh, sprinklers uh, in, in the commercial buildings. OK, um, are there any uh, precautions just like that? In other words, when you put the shoring up, um, you know, are there, are there surefire ways to prevent this stuff?
1: Uh, absolutely. Uh, I mean, first and foremost, if you know you're going to dig a hole, Joe, and you're going to go down to a certain depth, there's way to pr- ways to protect those walls. And, you know, again, whether you're going to put shoring in, because that could be aluminum hydraulic shoring, uh, that could be timber shoring as well. And we have, within our standards at least, appendices that you can follow to ensure that those walls don't crash in on, on the individuals that are doing the work. That being said, you could also slope it. So a slope, basically, Joe, is when you cut it, when you cut back the sidewall. So if you could imagine, and I'm going to use a technical term here, so don't get mad at me. But we call the toe of the excavation or the toe of the trench where the floor meets the wall. So depending on your type of soil, you're going to cut it back at a certain angle, that wall that is. Or you're going to maybe bench it, which means we're going to step it out. So, you know, you go four foot up and then you start going four foot out and a couple feet up and a couple feet out. So you bench the opening of it. Now, that usually is a great system between sloping and benching in some of the county areas and maybe in New Jersey where you have tons of land to mess with. And the city is kind of tough. And uh, they don't really permit you to open up a 25-foot hole when you're going down, let's say, 8 foot in depth. So that's where we normally see a trench uh, system put in in the sense of shoring and or a trench shield. And you might know a trench shield because it's a big box so that usually gets inserted into the hole. Or in this day and age, if they make wonderful modular units uh, that are utilized actually to protect the wall four walls of the excavation. So the individual can climb down the ladder, be protected the entire time. Make the connections, make the repairs, and they could come back out uh, outside the trench.
2: And it sounds to me, first of all, Nick, there are no terms that you can say. I'm an iron worker, so uh, you know I know all the terms. Just so you know, that we're way you know, you you know what it takes to get in our union. <laughs> Having said that, um, it, it's, it it <laughs> it sounds though really like, uh, and I could you know I mean it, it, you know cutting corners and trying to speed up things would be an area. Where individuals could get themselves in hot water, or somebody. And by the way, it happens, it, it, it happens in every type of a trade or situation when somebody is in a hurry or somebody, uh, you know, it's just yeah. you're overly confident. Do you find? Do you find you know? I mean, I'm sure there are, are are acts of God, no question about it. But do you find that's the uh, the main problem when people are cutting corners, or employers are trying to get uh, individuals to just get it done real quick, you know, and, and avoid safety?
1: Yeah, some of it and some of it's complacency as well, though, Joe. So you know, if I have the, if I exhibit the same behavior and over and over, and nothing's ever actually happened to me, yeah. I'm going to continue to exhibit that same behavior. So, for example, and I think you've heard me say this before. But if I'm I'm a driver on, you know, I-95 and the speed limit's 55, but everybody's doing 75, but nothing's ever happened and I'm just flowing with traffic, guess what? I'm going to continue to do 75 until an outcome. Unfortunately, we have to be a little more proactive when it comes to it being in the work environment uh, because, as you said earlier, those walls, when they collapse, they're unforgiving. They're, you know, depending on how much soil and the type of soil, it could weigh anywhere up to, you know, if it's a cubic foot at least, it could be 1,000 pounds on you. So imagine trying to push off a thousand pounds. So half of a car, basically an older car, you know, sitting on your chest. You're not going to breathe, Joe. You're going to suffocate in the hole. And it's one of the worst. To be honest with you, one of the worst deaths I've actually ever seen in any of my investigations. And, you know, and Nick, how long, it take somebody,
2: <laughs> how long does it take for somebody to die under those circumstances? Let's uh, just keep it real. Yeah, it depends, Joe. It honestly depends on how much
1: collapses. It's the, you know the positioning of the worker. And then that could be minutes, because, again, you can take air in, you just can't breathe out. So, you know, you suffocate. And, Joseph, honestly, you know, it's so, so preventable. uh, Just from basic three things you have to remember, in the sense of either slope it, shield it, or shore it. And if you say those three things over and over, slope it, shield it, or shore it, you're guaranteed to walk
2: home at the end of the day. And you know what it reminds me of in my trade in ironworking when somebody chooses not to tie off. Because they because they've been doing it for so long. Now that doesn't happen. It, I, I I've been out of the business, you know, for 20 years. But what I'm saying is, back in our day, we didn't have to tie off. Okay, it wasn't it wasn't. You would tie off when you had to tie. Now you're tying off. They have static lines everywhere. You get somebody who's yeah. never had a situation. They want to maybe they're going to lunch and they just want to get out there. And 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 it, I equated to the same type of situation here where somebody's maybe. Uh, you know, like you said, they, they've done it so many times, nothing's ever happened, but it's that one time that that can be fatal. Well, and again,
1: I've seen, we've seen and, you know, encountered people where they were, you know, used to actually installing protective systems. And one time, yes, there's an individual, his name's Eric Chagir, he's a, an inspirational slash motivational speaker, he got uh, trapped in an excavation, and he was buried alive, and his story is phenomenal and we usually take him on any type of or we try to at least any of our excavation type discussions because we want people to understand what you know what the circumstances were. Yes, he only entered a six foot deep excavation. yes, he only had to do a quick repair, he had to make a quick one cut, get a get an elbow, put the elbow together, connect the pieces, and he was out of the hole. But within that five minutes of work that he had to accomplish, the walls went. And when the walls went, he was buried alive. And he was lucky because, yes, he was dead in the excavation. The first responders revived him, took him to the hospital. He was in the hospital for uh, numerous weeks trying to get better. But, Joe, his life since that event occurred has been totally, totally flipped upside down in three ways forward. And what I mean by that is any relationship he ever had, he was engaged at that time, that went away he can't really hold relationships with people any longer because of trust issues he actually doesn't sleep just to let you know so anytime he falls asleep at nighttime because it's dark he's brought right back into the hole when he was buried alive again so he has all this post-traumatic stress that he's been taken with him for the past 10 15 years or so since the event so these events even if you're lucky enough to survive they're unforgiving when it comes to the ripple effect and the and the issues that you encounter afterward as well
3: Tough, tough stuff. Tough conversation tonight with uh, Nick DeJesse, but very, very uh, important. You know, from an awareness standpoint, um, at, and 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 also as a reminder, you know that you know many many workers that wake up and go to work will not come home. Will not come home.
2: And Nick, let me just say a couple things. I know we, you know we're we're going to be hitting the break pretty soon, but. Um, what if somebody's going to work and and, they, and they're being put into situations um, where they're being forced to, uh, you know, do, you know, not take safety precautions and go down in trenches and, and holes and they have a problem?
1: So the first thing I say to you is your work's not life. Your life is not worth it, right, Joe? That's the what? first thing that comes to mind for me. You know, you have to remember there's a few things you want to look at when it comes to an excavation. First, as we talked about, yes, we want to slope it short or shield it, right? But you want to have proper access and egress out. So you want to have some type of ladder in or out or ramp uh, or something else that is built so you can have a safe way in and a safe way out. You have to realize that excavated material puts a lot of weight on the excavation walls. So you want to place it at least two feet away from the edge of the trench. So that's going to be spotted out somewhere else. If not... That's one of the leading causes of making walls collapse, putting the excavated material too close to the trench. The last thing is water. I mean, as you probably know, if you if you open up a hole and you start adding water, now you both are down in Cape May right now. So when you start when you start digging that hole into the sand and you see where the water content is, what starts to happen to that sand and that hole that you're creating? It starts to collapse in on itself. Right. So you have to be very, very conscious and and, and cognizant of these types of issues. So if you're that individual though, Joe, I'm calling OSHA <laughs> I'm first telling the employer hey i refuse to go down into the excavation you know if that individual doesn't want to correct it you give us a call at one of the local officers or they could call me directly joseph and we'll try to address it um we do have whistleblower provisions obviously when you make complaints about a safety or health item at a site but you hope to resolve it obviously before that but if the individual is being forced your life is not worth that the last time i checked yeah and and there's easier was- ways obviously to get this work accomplished
2: and I was going to say, what's the contact information, mm-hmm. Nick? If somebody should get in in a situation where they're being forced to be put in a, uh, those types of situations, because you can see, you know, the, you know, either the company or the foreman or the fellas that you're working with are in feeling invincible. They may be really good at what they do, and you're and you're having oh, to go into mm-hmm. these situations. Who do you call? How do you? What's the number? So there's a couple ways to do it. You could go to OSHA.gov and
1: file a complaint. Or depending on jurisdiction, you could call our regional office at 215-861-4900. That's the main line. You can ask for me, Joe. I'll talk to anyone, as you know. Uh, if you're in the Philadelphia area, you'll call the Philadelphia office at 215-597-4955. If you go up toward the Lehigh Valley, you're calling our Allentown office, and their number is 267-429-7542. Just don't ask me about Harrisburg because I screwed her number up sometimes, Joe. But right, if you want anyone's number, Joe, OSHA.gov, and you can look up any of the area offices and make the call. And that, that's the other uh, area that I always stress to everyone. Go to our website. Go to OSHA.gov, and if you use backslash trenching-excavation, you can find anything and everything when it comes to how to safeguard the excavation, how to train and educate the employees. We have e-videos and e-tools that are only four to seven minutes long. That if you sit there and watch it, you you know you'll have a couple light bulbs go off, and you'll have a lot uh, a couple aha moments and say, "Wow, we could actually instill a safe way to do this, and we're actually going to save time doing it this way as well." So you really don't have to cut corners. In all honesty, Joe, as you were talking about earlier, when it comes to excavation work.
3: Nick to Jesse joining us here on the Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause as we broadcast to you live here on Talk Radio twelve ten. WPHT. Nick, thank you so much, man, uh, for coming on. I know the conversation, you know, I think was tough uh, to have. Or the reality is. Yeah, but but necessary and I appreciate um, your willingness to have that conversation and also to come back tonight. Well done, sir.
1: Thank you, gents. Have a great evening and I can't wait to see you guys in person and hopefully on the site. We'll do a little training and education together.
3: Absolutely. I love it. Great stuff. Nick and Jesse here on the Labor Show. We'll get to a commercial break. Back in a moment.
0: This program is paid for by Jacob Media Partners. This edition of The Labor Show is sponsored in part by Sprinkler Fitters Local 692, Laborers District Council, Steam Fitters Local 420, and the International Union of Operating Engineers Local 542.
3: And we're back here live on the Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause here on a Saturday night on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT. A quick reminder, programming reminder. I'll give a shout out to uh, Rich Zioli because we're in Cape May. Uh, Rich Zioli will be right back down here in Cape May next Friday, J. Doc, for his live morning show. They'll be at the Grand Hotel. Uh, for what is will be his third broadcast uh, from this great place, Cape May, New Jersey. Glad to be here tonight uh, on the uh, Labor Show as we're live here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Don't forget, coming up, hour number two. Uh, the John Doherty Hour. And again, special thanks uh, to Nick DeJesse for kicking us off here tonight.
2: So, um, Joe, you know, um, obviously, uh, the military is near and dear to, uh, to our uh, to our hearts and also to the labor movement in general. And we've had the for- the good fortune of having several specials. And uh, this is no exception. I- I'm ecstatic to bring in uh, to the program Jerry Conner. Uh, Jerry is a, a, a Philadelphia committee member of an organization called McClef. Uh Jerry, how are you, sir? Doing well, Joe. And Joe, how are you guys making out? We're, we're doing fantastic. And, and um, you know, McClef is uh, an organization that obviously we're, we're trying to, uh, you know, we want to get it out there. And, and, and you guys are doing unbelievable things. First of all, what what does McCleff stand for?
5: McLef, uh stands for the Marine Corps Law Enforcement Foundation. It was a foundation that was established in 1995 uh, that creates educational scholarships for children of uh, Marines and law enforcement who have made the ultimate sacrifice while serving their country or their community. And uh, you know, I'm honored to be part of this group and the Philadelphia committee and. And also to let uh, you and your listeners know that um, McClef has awarded over $85 million in in educational scholarships to over 4,500 recipients uh, since its inception.
3: Jerry, you know, I was blown away when we sat down for a full one-hour show where we had many different guests join us um including a recipient you know of one of the scholar uh, of the scho- the scholarship program it really is super meaningful not only to the recipient but to everyone in the room to everybody that's participating to everyone including yourself that has been a part of this
5: yeah i mean you know when i uh, first got to uh, attend um you know, one of the topics we're going to talk about, which is the uh, the annual gala. I mean, that is the signature of Anna It's where majority of the funds are raised. You know, it was a night of uh, just you know pomp and circumstances, and military dress and formal wear. And and I thought, wow, this is this is a really neat event. And then to see everybody in the room there so supportive of Mclell and their mission. And to see the people receiving the scholarships, the the mothers, the fathers, the husbands, the wives, those left to care for these children. And like we talked about that night, you know, they get a knock on the door and their life is turned upside down in a matter of a second. You know, mommy or daddy or, or, you know, your son or your daughter is not coming home. There's a million and one things that these people now have to take care of. What what, what are they going to do? and what macleff says is don't worry about the education uh education is so important in our lives and especially from a young age um it it's a foundation of of our life and McClef says we got this part for you you know there's a million and one things you're going to have to handle a million and one emotions you're feeling don't worry about educating your children we're going to establish the scholarship and 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 be with these people, I mean, Krause you saw in the room that night it's family it's family, whether you received a uh, uh, a scholarship you know ten years ago or you re- received a scholarship last year yeah you you call on the class, any of its members, um, which no one has compensated. I think there's one woman uh, who works up in new york part time is the only one who gets paid out of the hundreds and hundreds of members and committee people and it's our honor to do it, but it, it, we become a family very quickly.
2: And, Jerry, you're, you're the son of a law enforcement officer. Um, you know what it's like to have your father go to work every day and not know. I mean, thankfully, your dad, who's a great guy, um, did come home. But it, and, and I, I my wife's family did get that knock on the, ta- on, on the door with three days left. Uh, Tony Metzger, uh, three days left in his in his uh, service. And and they got the ner- and they, and they and it, ch- it changes a family forever. The dynamics of it. So, um, well, poor talk. Talk about um, the gala event that's coming up that Krause and I are going to get the opportunity to broadcast that live. Um, talk about what right here.
3: Thing. We're going to be live on that Saturday Absolutely. night, right here on Talk Radio twelve ten WPHT. I'm super excited about it. Absolutely, sure.
5: Yeah, I mean we we can talk forever about the gala and it being our signature event and, and how special and exciting that night is. But, you know, uh, we're going to be honored to have you guys there and kind of taking that emotion and the feeling of the night and the energy and, and getting it out to your listeners. And, and we hope they, uh, you know, come to be a part of it. Although it's it, it's, it's military themed, um, you know, uh, it, it's a night of the military coming together with civilians uh, from different businesses, organizations, and individuals Who are there to support the uh, the foundation? The the evenings filled uh, overwhelmingly with gratitude for McAleff, for the military, for law enforcement, uh, along with uh, thankfulness uh, for those who support the mission. Um, This year, uh, we we give uh, um, um, we have a uh, an honor a guest of honor uh, each year annually. Uh, The guest of honor this year is is actually uh, General. David Berger, he is the commandant of the United States Marine Corps. So when you're moving up the ranks in the Marine Corps, that's, that's the highest you're going to go. And we're, we're honored to have uh, General Berger with us uh, on that Saturday evening in October. Um, there's three awards that are given, actually two awards and another honoree. Um, <clears throat> the, uh, one award is the Semper Fidelis Award. That's awarded to uh, someone who uh, exemplifies an active dedication to uh, the military recipients, usually a member of the military. And this year it's uh, Major Sean Tolan of the United States uh, Marine Corps. And then, um, you know, something that kind of ties in uh, with the trades uh, this year, our Eagle Globe and Anchor Award uh, is going to uh, Michael J. Rounds. Um, Michael Rounds is the president of uh, Williamson College of the Trades. Uh, He did 25 years in the Army, retired as a U.S. Army Lieutenant Colonel, and he's kind of taken what the military uh, trained him and and taught him and has brought it to the trades uh, up there at Williamson College of the Trades and and, uh, and the education and and, um, um, teaching of the trades to to those students there. And uh, the final honoree uh, is our law enforcement honoree, which... um, you know, is a good friend of mine, and I'm, I'm honored that we get to uh, honor him this year, and that's uh, uh, John McNesby, uh, uh, president of uh, FOP Lodge 5. And, and uh, this uh, honoree is acknowledged for uh, uh, someone in law enforcement who's active in supporting the cleft and active in supporting the men and women of military and law enforcement, especially when it comes to the sad day that, that we lose one of them Um you know, making the ultimate sacrifice. So, uh, looking forward to uh, to a Saturday, October twenty second, being able to to honor those gentlemen and hand out those awards. It's going to be a
2: really uh, great evening. And, and, and Joe, we're really we're honored. It's our honor to be there, man. And and one of the reasons, obviously, personally, we you know, we see we're, we're very supportive, but also the synergy between labor and our and, and, and military is is second to none. A lot of our and like you mentioned, uh, you know, and that includes. Um, uh, John Mcnesby, the FOP, uh, obviously Local 22, the firefighters, but all the building trades and all the the, the, the public unions as well. There's such a synergy uh, between our labor community. We're honored to be there, man, and and uh, we can't wait. And obviously, we want to thank you. And and I know we got our, our honoree John Mcnesby coming up and uh, on the broadcast next. And and so uh, certainly we, we appreciate what you do, Jer. Keep up the great work, and uh, we can't wait. To yeah, see and it's like Pedro. Team, let me just uh, sure. If I could just punch something in there real quick. Yeah, uh,
5: we have, for this year, we have six uh, confirmed Medal of Honor recipients. Um, they're representing uh, different uh, branches of the military. But we got six wow. uh, honor, awesome. Medal of Honor recipients, uh, congressional honor recipients. So they work the room. They have, they have a good time talking about their support of McClef and, and if anyone is interested, uh, they can go to the McClef website, which is mclefphila.org, M-C-L-E-F-P-H-I-L-A.org. We're also on Facebook. If someone wants to attend, like I said, it's not just military. It's supporters, civilians, businesses. If they want to buy an ad for our book, um, either in honor or memory of someone who served and has passed, or even someone who's actively serving, you know, in support of someone who's actively serving, Uh, You know, grab an ad, come experience the night, and um, even though you'll be there, Joe, they'll still have a good time. I
2: was (laughs) was wondering what the heck we're doing there, Krause. (laughs) they got six Medal of Honor
3: recipients. Jerry, listen, we'll we'll do everything strategically and logistically. I'll make sure that I do the walkthrough. Uh, for the setup, but rest assured I'm never um, going to get through security Don't worry about anything <laughs> J-Doc will be mic'd up outside the room And he'll be able to do the live show From outside the doors uh, While we do it But on a, seri- on, on a serious note um, Super excited to uh, Be there, to be part of uh, The event Coming up in October um, and, and not just being part Of the event, but be able J-Doc to Actually, oh, yeah. broadcast the yeah. event, broadcast live from there as the as the event falls live right in our uh, slot here Absolutely. on Talk Radio twelve ten WPHT should be pretty spectacular.
2: Absolutely, uh, yeah, we can't yeah. wait. Jerry, listen, man, thanks so much for joining us, and sure. uh, keep up the good work, man. All right, you got it. Thanks, guys, for your support, and, and thanks to the labor community for
3: for all their support, and 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 it's a mutual. Uh, Um, it's a mutual respect for sure thanks guys all right good stuff from jerry connor we'll get to a commercial break we'll take a short commercial break on the other side of the break we'll wrap up our number one with john mcnesby fast and furious coming up after the break
0: Tonight's edition of The Labor Show is sponsored in part by Ironworkers Local 401, Boilermakers Local 13, Plumbers Local 690, Roovers Local 30, and IBEW Local 98. Choose a Local 98 contractor.
3: And we're back here live on a Saturday night here on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT. Special thanks to Jerry Connor, uh, J. Doc, and yep. I'm super excited and uh, very excited to be able to say that we will be broadcasting live on that Saturday night right here on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT. What a great event it will be! on that saturday night yeah
2: no question and 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 uh, is an, an incredible because one of the things 85 million dollars in scholarships okay since 1995 um and so the commitment is there it's there's so many good you know people.
3: i was up and and before i know we're going to bring john mcnesby into the conversation just real quick just real quickly i i did that one hour special um up at the FOP up at the FOP and part of that one hour conversation was the recipient um who received the benefit of the scholarship wow. um for her child and um the the gratitude and the relief oh, yeah. together was really really um it was really something to be to, to, to listen to.
2: Absolutely. And, and I'm ecstatic to bring into the program uh President FOP five, John McNesby. John, how are you, sir?
3: Good. How are you, Joe? Uh,
2: fantastic man. And and um, you know, we just had a conversation with Jerry Connor talking about McClef. If you would, um you're a huge supporter of the organization. Um, talk about what McClef means to you and uh, and the synergy it has with the FOP.
4: Well, we work hand in hand. They're, they're a great group, a great organization, and um, you know we we partner off and we feed off each other. And them guys uh, over there, they do a lot. Not only uh, you know it, it, the holidays and, and and times like that, but when the lights and cameras are off, they're out there every every day of the year, and they're out there helping. They're looking to help people, uh, and they do a great job at it. Um, they partner with the uh, Children's Foundation. Uh, which we just had that bike ride to Atlantic City. Just so many things that they do that are out there in in the community, uh, and as you said, scholarship-wise and partnership-wise with uh, with the FOP, it's just a it's a great thing.
2: And you know, you, you know, the scholarships for for, for those who a you know, family members of those who have been lost, uh, obviously in in the line of duty or or or, or uh, as a result of a fatality in in the military. Um jerry had mentioned uh it, about that knock on the door and there's nothing more emotional than that and you know what, what We i cut my wife's family she lost an uncle with that knock on the door um and uh it, it's you talk about you know when the lights are off there's nothing more emotional than that john and um it has to make you feel good that you you know can be a part of something and i know the police do an amazing job at at this uh, across the board but um that uh, allows you to give back to to a family in need who's going through something like that right i mean
4: you know if we we do that constantly and and you know we never want to do it and we say you know i've said it a hundred times probably a thousand times when when one of our guys or girls goes down you know you never want to see that. You want to never want to have that notification or the knock at the door, like you said. But you know, once that happens, you've just gained an additional seven, eight, nine thousand family members, uh, not only in the police department, but the, through McClellan, through, through all these different organizations to step up and and uh, take care of those that are that have went down. Whether it's police, fire, military, uh, it's just you know you you know you never want to lose a loved one. But you know, in the back of your mind, that God forbid if that ever happens, that you have Uh, that peace of mind, knowing that you have a lot of people behind you for support.
3: John McNesby joining us here on The Labor Show. John is this year's honoree, uh, FOP Lodge 5 president, uh, John McNesby. And I don't know you personally, John, but um, I've got to ask, it sounds to me like you're going to uh, receive an award that, um, while being very special, um, you don't seek to get. You know, you're in a position where you're a giver, not a taker. So what does it feel like to get on it?
4: Well, I mean, it's, 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 it's really a good thing. And, and I say it all the time. You know, it's just not as the head of an organization and I'm out there and we're doing things for people and for organizations. And a lot of times when it's not popular, we're out there. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's a team effort. It's, we, we have a great team at the FOP. And, uh, you know, they make me look bad, like I always say. If, if it goes well, we you know we all we all do good. If it goes bad, I take the blame. It's not a problem. But uh, we have a great team, and 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 I'd like to share that um, that award, you know, with with the folks that I work with day in and day out.
2: And 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 John, um, and it's a well deserved award. I mean, you know, you talk about what this is one of the reasons we do the Labor Show. Okay, people like yourself and a lot of our labor leaders across the board don't don't talk about the things, um, that 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 um, and the the difference you make in the communities and. And that's what we're here for. We're a sounding board and, 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 a, and a platform. Uh, one of the things that we, we've said many times in, in labor and with the, uh, with, with the police and the fire is the synergy we have uh, with the military across the board, so many of our members. Um, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's important, and, and uh, we, we, we want to thank you for what you've done. We know you're busy. We appreciate you talking uh, to us tonight, and we want to congratulate you on a well-deserved honor. And uh, keep up the good work, my friend.
4: Well, I appreciate it, Joe. <clears throat> and you guys in in the, in the labor, we stand side by side with them, even though we're a different part of an organization, more fraternal. Uh, we stand with labor. We stand with uh, a union. This is a union town. Uh, it needs to stay union, and people need to educate. There's a lot of good people out there working. There's a lot of work in Philly, and, uh, and uh, we support labor 100%.
3: Thank you, John. Right back at you, yeah, my friend. absolutely, man. We will be live on that Saturday night, um, which will be spectacular, right here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. John McNesby, congrats to you, and thank you for what you do. Appreciate it, sir. All right, Jay. Doc, good stuff from John McNesby joining yeah. us uh, here tonight. Humble guy, but a big guy with a big voice, and I'm glad to see... Um, that he will be recognized um, as this year's law enforcement Honorary. Yeah,
2: and 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 um, like I said, there's a lot of synergy within the military and our veterans, and um, and and our labor community, uh, and at the same time, obviously our police and our fire, and there's um, so many of our members. Okay. Uh, by the way, one of the things that I'm so proud about my own father is his commitment to the veterans uh, when he passed we were we were looking at at all of his honors and there were so many there from by the way uh, the police and fire unions and but also the veterans uh, being involved in in, in in a lot of the uh, you know the, the causes and and uh, that 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 just uh, goes hand in hand with my family. And I'm just so proud to be a part of
3: it. Yeah, if you if you take one thing out of our opening, well, there was a lot. We delivered a lot here in our number one. If you if you take one thing out of Mcleff, out of the conversation with Jerry, and then finishing finishing it up with John Mcnesby, it's 85 million. 85 million. I mean, and it's the willingness. To continue to provide for those that find themselves, you know, getting that knock on the door yeah. that they never wanted to get. Um, I'm again, I'm, I'm, I, I can't say it enough. I'm I'm appreciative uh, that we have the invitation Absolutely. to be there on Saturday yeah, night. I
2: can't wait for the event, man. All it's right. going to be great. All
3: right, good stuff. That's going to do it for our number one of the Labor Show here on talk radio 1210 WPHT uh, special thanks to Nick DeJesse yep. for kicking us off uh, here in hour number one and then of course Jerry Connor and then John McNesby wrapping us up here in hour number one we transition into our number two of the labor show with Jay Dock and Krause the John Doherty hour we get started in four minutes
0: by Jacob Media Partners. All opinions or statements expressed on this program are solely those of Jacob Media or its guests and do not reflect the views of WPHT or Odyssey.